everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be talking with one of our newest citizens of Hope Valley. We are talking with actress Natasha Burnett today, and uh, she is going to be playing Minnie Canfield on the new season of One Calls the Heart. And thank you so much, Natasha, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's uh, nice to be here. Yeah, so since you're new to our little mm -hmm. family, uh, we would like to start by giving you a chance to introduce yourself. Tell us what inspired you to get into acting. Okay, so um, this was really something that I had been doing since I would say I was three. I was always part of a play or uh, a musical event, a dance show or anything like that. But I think mostly when I was young, my parents liked to entertain on the weekends. And uh, when that was happening, that was not TV time for us. So um, my sister and I used to play imaginary games. We used to recreate games. Like we used to do Baywatch and Gladiators and we'd do the theme tunes and the opening credits and, and just make a whole evening of it, create our own shows have whole episodes that last the whole evening. So quite frankly, if I didn't end up in this industry, I really don't think my antics would have been appreciated in an office. So. <laughs> and you would have been right at home at the office musical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's great. Well, so yeah, it said on IMDb that you had... Uh, started out in the UK, obviously your accent, we can tell that much, but then you ended up in Australia and now you're in Canada. How did yeah. that all happen? So I was doing a show called The Magic Motown in the UK. I played Diana Ross for six years. And um, then I ended up moving with my partner at the time to Australia because he was from Australia. And um, I couldn't decide at that time whether I was just tired of being in the industry or I just wanted to change direction after playing the same character for six years. So um, when I moved to Australia, I just sort of went off on a tangent and did whatever I felt like doing. And inevitably I found myself back in the industry and um, looking at doing film and television. So I had decided to do a short course at NIDA to give me something to do and uh, to get into the industry. Um, and it was from there that I met somebody who was a, almost like a talent scout and would advise Australians um, if they want to work across the pond in North America. And um, he spoke to me about my options, about moving to LA or moving to Canada. Um, and Canada for me ended up being the better option because uh, I was able to get a work visa and just really feel my way around things before deciding that Canada was going to be the place. Whereas America with the O-1 visa, um, I would have had to make sure I saved up money and mm -hmm. a lot more than what I did for when I came to Canada. It was a lot more relaxed and I was able to see agents and decide what I wanted to do. Plus I also knew some people in uh, Toronto. So it was slightly easier to make the decision to, to move to Canada. 
Well, you're kind of like, oh, darn, I have to move to the place of the cold weather. Yeah. Right. From Australia. <laughs> it's, it's freezing up there in Canada. But uh, do you have, do you feel like you can do all, all of the accents? You can do Canadian, Australian, obviously England. Well, you know what, funnily enough, uh, the whole time I was in Australia, one of the things my agent there had said to me is, you know, it's going to be difficult getting you work because you need to do the Australian accent. And I, for the life of me, could not do the accent. I fly back to the UK. I'd been there for a year, fly back to the UK. I'm in the hairdresser. And she's like, you know, you've got an Australian accent now. And I was just like, what? The whole time I'm trying to get work, I can't get it because I can't do the accent and I get off a plane and apparently it's just there now. So yeah, so the Australian accent, yes, I could do that now. Um, you know, Canadian, when I was young, you know, being in England, we didn't really differentiate between the Canadian and American accent. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in Canada, I can definitely differentiate between yeah. the two accents. I definitely cannot do a Canadian accent. <laughs> But I can't do an American accent. <laughs> it's particularly in certain words, like sorry. <laughs> yes, that was an interesting one for me. I was like, oat and a, and a boot? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> do you have a preference as far as where you've lived? Your favorite place you've ever lived? Since you've been so many oh my gosh do you know that's so hard because there were things about Australia that I really really liked the only thing that probably would make it last on my list is it's so far away from any other civilization it's just nowhere near anything mm -hmm. um oh Canada or England do you know they're so different but they're so nice, both of them for very, very different reasons. I love the UK for its history and its culture. You can go to the museums and, and so much history is in the UK. Whereas Canada, I find Vancouver to be a really peaceful place. There's not the same hustle and bustle. And there are times where I really appreciate that peace and quiet that I mm -hmm. get from being in Vancouver. Yeah. I can imagine that would be nice. <laughs> Everybody very chill. Cool. Yes. <laughs> very cool. Well, since you started out singing, yes. uh, do you have a, any preference of what you prefer doing, singing or acting? Um, oh my gosh. Again, do you know that is, that's a hard one as well because I'll be doing singing and then I'll feel like I want to do more acting then I'll just be doing acting and feel like I want to start singing again. So I, they're both, what it is with singing, and it's because I was doing live theatre, I loved the adrenaline rush that you get from the audience that doesn't happen when you're on a film set. Yeah. And um, so I definitely sometimes miss that. And if for, I think it was last year, I, I did a couple of shows on stage and I just... It was so nice to feel the energy from the audience. It was a really nice feeling. But do you know, I really don't know that I have a preference. I'll always, mm -hmm. I'll always sing if I'm doing straight acting. I'll sing in between takes. They'll be there somewhere. 
Yeah, I I know what you mean. I love going to live theater so much. I miss it yes. so much. And as soon as I get my vaccination, I'm going to go to some live thing. I don't know what it is. I'm going. That's my goal. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. Do you remember the very first role that you ever got, or were you too young? On television or in a um, movie? Oh my gosh, on television. Okay, I was. I know. I. I. Um, I wasn't too young. I. I definitely remember this. I was. Let's see. I was. 19 18 18 19 um because everything before that was definitely theater and mm. I joined an extras agency and I had tried to join one that offered featured roles as well and my my first role I there was a police drama we had in the UK called The Bill and um I was I was sort of playing um this the the murderer had a group of girls that he was with that he'd go into the club with and you know and I ended up being featured on that as uh, as one of one of the the women that he took into the club with him and and yeah that was my first experience on on television as as a role to do um do you remember yeah, was... do you remember when you got it did you like freak out were you so excited when you got your first I role? I thought that it was, I, it's so funny because as an actor, you sometimes think in the beginning when you really know nothing, you think that this role is it. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get somewhere now. Everybody else, watch out. I'm on my way. And then, you know, you do the role and then you watch it back and, you're just like I need sorry can I just rewind that I just need to check where I was it was literally two seconds on screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey you take what you can get right <laughs> exactly I'll take the two seconds I'll just keep playing it in slow motion now that the DVRs can do that you know just pause yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you started pretty early doing some small roles for Hallmark. Uh, your first, at least according to IMDb, you were in things like The Bridge, part one and two. Yeah. So, so you've been over there in Canada for quite a while. Yes. So I've been here for a total of eight years, sort of on and off, I would say. I would go mm -hmm. back to the UK um, sometimes for auditions for the West End or something like that so so those I was never going to turn down they're like okay I'll come back for that mm -hmm. um <laughs> but yeah I've sort of been back and forth um on both sides yeah so what was that like when you first got started doing the Hallmark roles I know it was small um, at first but yeah yeah no I I didn't know much about Hallmark originally because it's not very big in the UK. Those movies aren't big. Mm -hmm. So I I realized very quickly that there it has its own tone and its own energy. And um, they're just very nice, feel-good movies. Yeah. And they're just, you know, there's not too much thinking going on. You don't have to think too hard because 
goodness me, there are certain times where I just I just cannot deal with working out who knew who and who was supposed to be where, what time. You just want to watch something and right. get to the end and go, that's really nice. I feel good. I can carry on with my day. <laughs> well, and it must have been a pretty good one to start with, with Bridge, with such a cast that they had with people like Faith Ford and uh and uh andrew brooks and people like that oh yes oh my goodness i remember going for that audition and uh sort of going into the room and i was just thinking well um before that i had done done slightly smaller roles and i just thought well well we'll see i'm not really too sure how this one's gonna turn out um (laughs) (laughs) and then when my agent let me know that i booked it there was a part two as well but at the time that I auditioned it didn't say that they were doing a second part oh really when yeah so when I got the message he was like you're also you know they'll also need you for part two I was like oh really (laughs) yeah it was uh (laughs) you're like nobody's ever been so excited for the bridge part one and two <laughs> exactly no one but me just me <laughs> yeah yeah that's great <laughs> very good so when they started thinking about this new part for when calls the heart uh w- did you have to audition or did they come to you or how did that work I did have to audition. I was um in the UK at the time when I got the tape uh to audition and actually totally randomly probably 24 hours before my agent sent it to me I emailed him and I said well you know with this pandemic with me being in the UK it's really going to cause a few problems with me getting self-tapes because there's the quarantine time and Mm -hmm. no one's going to really want to do that and he said, well, you know, we'll keep going. It might affect some things. And I really just felt, well, oh, no, it's just not going to happen. And then I get this audition through. And I was like, okay, when calls the heart? I know this show. I know of this show. A family? What's going on here? Like, I didn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. 100% on where they wanted to go with this character or the whole family. Yeah. So you um, were in the UK. I was. You were quarantining there. Well, I had been there for a couple months. Um, ah. Yeah, I'd already been there. So I had already done. I actually went back because my um, a family member of mine wasn't well. So I sort of went back and, you know, like everybody, they thought it would pass much sooner than it did or since it still hasn't. And so I thought, okay, when the whole thing passes, I'll go back to Canada. Um, So yeah, uh, when the audition came through, I was in the UK and um, I sent the audition in. And I, like I always say to my agent, I said, look, if they, is any, any inkling that they might consider me, can you please just let me know? So I have some sort of heads up as to what might happen so I can prepare because I know there's going to be a quarantine period when I get back to Canada. She said, yep, I'll let you know. So um, he told me I was shortlisted probably about a week later 
And I was like, okay, okay, I'm shortlisted. So I'll just, I'll just wait and see what happens and I'll just be prepared. But I see the date that filming is set to start for my character. And I'm thinking they almost need to tell me in the next 36 yeah. hours because it's getting up to the date where I need to be in Canada to start my quarantine. So yeah, I'm and I didn't even know they were allowing international travel at that time. At that time, um, they had lifted part of the lockdown. And because um, I am a resident, in fact, they had lifted part of the lockdown. So it wasn't, we weren't still in full lockdown when I did come back. And um, <clears throat> so I was able to to come back in quarantine um, for the right amount of time and um, do everything as I was meant to um, before they started filming. Um, but I literally had sort of 36 hours to get on a plane. Wow. From hearing that I got the role. And uh, yeah, I literally just threw whatever I could into a suitcase and uh, jumped on a plane. <laughs> Were you scared getting on a plane with the pandemic I and everything? I was terrified, <laughs> absolutely terrified. Um, but luckily, uh, people weren't, there weren't really many people on the plane, which made me feel a bit better. I had, you know, quite a few rows around me were completely empty. Yeah. So I was by myself in my little section there. So that made me feel a bit better. But I was, I was really scared and really, I was, I was just like, oh, but I want the job, but I need to get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably all the more healthy because I think, I think all of us will have to get to a point where we rip that bandaid off, you know, whether it's after yeah. a vaccination or whatever it is, I think we'll all have to kind of take that leap. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From Amazon best-selling author Esther Hatch comes a fresh and fun Victorian-era rom-com, Manor for Sale, Baron Included. Lord Farnsworth would rather rot in debtor's prison than sell the one place that feels like home to him, his mother's manor. That is, until he meets the charming woman who wants to buy it. Suddenly his plans become clear. Sell her the home and then woo her to the altar. What could possibly go wrong? If you enjoy your historical romance, sweet and clean with a large dose of humor, Hatch weaves the perfect story for you. See why readers are saying, quote, from the first page, this book had me grinning from ear to ear. Esther's beautiful writing style and lovable characters make you fall in love instantly and invest yourself in the story until the very end. Manna for Sale, Baron Included is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle also available in Kindle Unlimited. So check out the new novel, Matter for Sale, Baron Included. And we had an episode of our podcast with Esther where we dove more into the book. So you should definitely check that out as well. It's a really fun, dishy read. Yep, in order for things to, to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was really lucky that it came as the first lockdown had started to lift and the second mm -hmm. lockdown hadn't started yet. Right. So they were trying to allow, you know, travel and things like that. 
Um, so I was lucky because, you know, sort of it could have been a month before or a month later, that wouldn't have been possible. Mm -hmm. So it was at exactly the right time. So I was really lucky. Wow, that's crazy. So you had heard of the show. You knew about When Calls the Heart. I knew about When Calls the Heart. I, I definitely wouldn't have known about the love triangle. I didn't know about all of that kind of stuff. I did know <laughs> that it was a period drama um, that, they, that they filmed here. Um, and, you know, it was, it's very popular. I knew it was very, well, the most popular show that Hallmark has. So that's about as far as I knew. So I thought, mm. well, this, this could be good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what was that like starting in on an established show with such an established cast? Was that challenging? Um, actually, it was really comforting because both the cast and the crew are, you know, in a very good well-oiled machine so everybody feels very comfortable anyway and that made me feel comfortable coming on um as a newcomer mm-hmm. um because there there was a very nice energy with everybody and everybody was so welcoming um it it I definitely say it's the first set I've been on where everybody is just really helping each other out and you know they just they just know everybody knows where they're supposed to be what they're supposed to be doing um because they've been working with each other for so long and that's really that was really nice to see because any nerves that I had definitely subsided a lot quicker when I was able to 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 see everybody else work and just feel like okay I don't need to worry about too much I can just go in and do what I need to do and um you know everybody was so chatty and it was just really nice yeah well that's good that's what I've heard from everybody who started new on the show it's felt very welcomed and valued so that's always very nice because I don't think that's always the case with every established show Right. No, it's not because I'm sure, um, obviously on some shows, they, if I've worked on a show for a shorter period of time, for example, and you know, you're still that newcomer when you first come on, um, everybody has their, I don't know. I almost feel like saying everybody has their zone. And, uh, sometimes it's about working out, you know, where everybody fits and where you fit into that. Whereas with this, it, actually feels like everybody is on the same wavelength that's so really you can good just join so I don't know if you can tell us how much you can tell us but can you tell us about Minnie can you tell us about the Canfields about how they ended up in um in Hope Valley or is that a spoiler is that a spoiler um do you know I don't think it really is I mean you know they just want to try uh, a new life. Um, Minnie, you know, she's very protective of her children and moving around. Um, So without saying too much, um, the move itself is something that, you know, she 
inevitably is a little bit cautious of she doesn't know she doesn't know Hope Valley um and I think you know her her husband Joseph he is just a little more confident than she is in in moving to Hope Valley and so I think that Minnie um when she gets to know some of the other characters and garnishes some of those relationships I think it really helps her make up her mind what she wants to do um, and how she feels about Hope Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Viv Leacock, we've had on our show before. He's delightful. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so that must have been fun. He seems like a yes. great person to work with. Yes, yes, he was great to work with. And the best thing was while I was here quarantining, I um, spoke to him on the phone and it was literally like we had the same ideas about the family and um, how we would like to portray the family. Um, So it made things so much easier when we were on set because we were in agreement with each other over how we should be as a a couple and... um, how we'd like the audience to feel about us. I mean, obviously we can't determine what they will think, but you know, it, we just wanted to, it was just nice to be able to speak to him and just always be on the same page. That's really nice. Yeah, that that would be really good. And the two children are his children. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that must that be extra was nice. Nice. That it was. It was really fun to to work with his children at the same time and and almost try and be an adopted mother to join the family mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's already got. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was great working with them. I love the scenes that I had with them. And, um, you know, I, it was really nice because we all gelled really well. So it made playing their mother so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's great. Well, the uh, uh, Angela, the character, uh, yes. the older, the daughter, she yeah. is blind on the show. Is that right? That's right. She is. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about that because she's not blind in real life, correct? That is correct. She's not. Yeah. So how did you, how did you work? How did they do that? And how did uh, you work with that as part of your role? Um, so we did share between us um, and the director. We, we spoke about it quite a lot and um, shared various videos on YouTube about um, knowing how to um, guide someone who is blind um, because there were certain things that I did already know but there were other things that I didn't know so um, I think it was important for all of us to to be aware because inevitably when you're acting you might just point at something um, because instinctually that's what you would naturally do. But in a case like this, you can't point at things. You have to know how to um, correctly guide her in the right direction and things like that. Um, and it's also knowing that as our daughter, she has 
space some spatial awareness already so it was about making sure that we weren't overly helping being trying to be helpful uh, but making sure that we weren't giving her too much space because realistically she's still a teenager she wants to do things by herself and as a parent we have to allow her to do that so it it was a lot of sort of parenting skills and learning how to work with someone who has uh, a disability like that so that was a lot to work with well I think it's gonna be an interesting element because you know a lot of people compared this show to Little House on the Prairie and one of the things in Little House on the Prairie was that Laura's sister Mary goes becomes blind so I think it's kind of interesting that they would do that and make Mm -hmm. that choice and have it be an element because it was a part of that other show yes yes yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so your family on the show the Canfields is the first people of color really on the show is the a regular cast member at least and yeah so how does that make you feel what do you think about that I think that it will I think it brings dynamic to the show I think mm-hmm. uh and 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 that's a that's a good thing I think um any ex- any other dynamic that can be brought to to the show as a whole and the other characters brings you know more challenges um and I think as a whole it will make it can make the whole experience just just a bit more interesting so you know it's been really fun to to deal with this subject matter because I had to do a lot of research myself um to really know what was going on during that during that time for mm. African Americans or you know Canadians and um I I mean I myself I learned I learned a lot so yeah. um to to put that into the show as well and I I have to give so many props to to John and the writing team because they wrote it's so well they they wrote about the subject matter so well and I and I think that the I really think the audience will appreciate it Mm. I think they've they've done such a good job with it and um, I certainly had no complaints with what they had written and that made me feel so much more connected to the show that's great and I, I think it's got to be interesting since you were starting at the same time as new showrunners. So there's yes. a, a new kind of spirit to the show. And I'm, that's one of the things I'm most curious about with the new season is this is the new writers and see what they kind of bring to the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think it will be. I think you guys mm-hmm. will like it. I think yeah. it will be really interesting in general. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, I, I like it. So now after you have worked on season eight, do you have a team, team Lucas or team Nathan? Uh, <laughs> I get asked this all the time. Do I have a team? I don't, you know, at the moment, I don't. At the moment, I don't. I, to be honest, I, I feel like I didn't spend enough time with 
them to really mm-hmm. garnish an opinion I you know because I really if I I'd love to answer the question with a well-informed opinion and I don't have one yet and I'd like one I'd like one <laughs> well, maybe as you're watching all the scenes come together then you'll you'll have to let us know you can message us on twitter or whatever and let us know yeah, what team you're on. I, I mean I've, I've seen the back and forth everyone is very passionate about the matter so yeah. oh yeah it's like wow okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah well very good well we like to end our interviews with some fun silly questions so <laughs> all right you ready yeah i think <laughs> so okay <laughs> First question, what is the best ice cream flavor? Oh, oh, ice cream. Oh, I'm going to be boring. I like a good vanilla, but it's got mm-hmm. to be a good creamy vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. You can't go wrong at little, for me, uh, vanilla with a little hot fudge sauce. That's. Oh, really? That's oh, nice. what? You know what? You guys have that pecan ice cream here. That stuff <laughs> is so good. Oh my god! Oh, like praline pecan, like butter pecan. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, uh, that yeah. stuff is good. That stuff is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite color? Oh, I'm gonna say pink. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. What music are you into? Oh, do you know? I, I'm gonna say a little bit of every, literally a little bit of everything. I mean, I love jazz, but then I love country, oh. depending on the mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah, just just every. I'm not very good with with up to date music, you know. I don't you just really... put it on random on the Spotify. It, exactly, just put it on random <laughs> somewhere. Nineties, eighties, seventies, sixties. Very good. Okay. Back when you could leave your house, what is your favorite go-to date night food? Or I guess, what would you get for DoorDash? <laughs> oh, yeah, <Your> right? <laughs> DoorDash. Oh, okay. Or the Canadian equivalent, whatever it's called. Yeah, no, they do. I, I, I have been DoorDashing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is... Uh, so I'm a celiac so I would yeah so they have this one place called Duke's Fried Chicken uh, which I absolutely love because I cannot find they don't do fried chicken in the UK that's gluten-free and this one place does and it's 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 really good it's just you know that comfort food oh yeah I had a a companion on my mission who was had celiac so bad she had any trace of 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 any wheat it would it was really bad so i don't envy yeah. that at all yeah no i know some people are just really really bad i originally tried um there's a pill you can take to help with your um body in digesting gluten and mm-hmm. uh, for some people that works if it's mild uh, a mild yeah. intolerance but when I realized that didn't work for me then I had to go and get I was I was hoping I was hoping I could still still just have a little bit of gluten no not a chance no, no, not a chance. <laughs> okay all right which is your favorite dogs or cats dogs okay good dogs. all right yeah uh, beaches or mountains 
beaches. Yeah, that's me <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Um, would you rather be in a fancy dress or in sweats? Sweats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Uh, oh, uh, Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. That's very on brand. Uh, Thank Christmas. Too bad you didn't get to do a a, a Christmas Twinkles the Heart Christmas movie. Those are yeah. always fun. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, next if year. we continue, we can fit one in next time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, last question: What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? The way we were. See, oh, I was talking about school. it the other day. I was yeah. About it. I was like, oh, I love the way we were. <laughs> you like a little bit of a tear will make you cry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. Very good. You passed the test. <laughs> oh, <good. Woo>. Okay. <laughs> and we're very excited to see the Canfields in Hope Valley. It's going to be great. And thank you so much for coming and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have social media that you want to share or anything like that? Yeah. So uh, Instagram, I am Natasha.Burnett. So you can find me there. And um, let me see. My Twitter is exactly the same. So nice and easy to find. (laughs) Well, we'll have that all in the description so people can follow you and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the, hopefully on the live, t- live tweets or whatever. Where are you in Canada still now? Yes. Yes. I am okay, staying good. here. I'm writing it out here. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with everything. And uh, thank you so much for coming on talk with us. Well, thank you.